Good afternoon. It's wonderful to be back. Very thankful for all who are able to stay around and for the parents that have been able to make it in to, to pick up the kids. It's been a great and wonderful week. Once again, to the congregation, thank you. Uh, this is the final lesson of the series. I hope it's not my last lesson ever, Michael. I hope I get to preach some more after this. I don't know. He might know something I don't, but I hope it's not the last lesson I ever preach. But it is the final lesson of this meeting, and I've had a wonderful time here. Thank you so much for your participation. It's been a great blessing to me, and I hope so to you. The final study that we're going to go through this afternoon is called New Day, New Me. And uh, I'll be honest, uh, I've always meant to change the title of this. It's kind of a sarcastic title. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek title. If you're familiar with all those that began to make changes or make plans to make changes, that especially around the New Year's Eve time, you'll see people post this on their status on social media an awful lot. New day, new me. I'm going to be a new person tomorrow. I'm going to make all these great and all these wonderful changes. I'm going to be somebody different. New day, new me. And in two months, they're the same old person they've always been. And that's kind of the idea behind this lesson. I want to prevent some of that. I hope that during this week that we spent together that not only have you uh, been motivated to look closer at your life, been motivated to exercise yourself to godliness and, and excited about that process and that prospect of growing, but that you sincerely desire to be what God has called you to be, that you have not only that motivation, but you have that hunger to want to grow, that hunger to become more godly that God wants you to be. And I hope that's with you. And we've talked a lot of different areas that you can exercise yourself towards. We've talked about a lot of the exercise that you can do. We've talked about some specific things uh, each evening, even in personal devotion. What I want to finish up with is making sure that my commitment to change, it doesn't just become a waste of time. In other words, that I make a change, a commitment to change, but that I follow through with it. What are some basic things? And really, what we're going to talk about are kind of some things that I've wanted to say at different points in our services this week, but they didn't ever really fit perfectly in anywhere, and so they're kind of saved and put together in this. For example, one of the reasons I believe that people fail when they desire to, desire to make a change in their life or a change, whether it's in diet or exercise or lifestyle or certainly spirituality, one reason people fail is because they make the goal too general. Man, I'd like to be a better Christian. Okay, <laughs> what does that mean? To be about, I, want to, I want to be stronger as a Christian. What does stronger as a Christian mean? Well, I'd like to know more about the Bible. That's a big book. How are you going to tell in a year from now if you know more about the Bible or you don't? It's kind of hard. How do you know if you're a better Christian if it's so general and so broad? I want you to notice a passage that we began with last week in... First Peter, that we're going to look at here again, gives the idea of not being so general, but rather being very specific about an area that you want to change. Second Peter chapter 1, beginning there in verse 5, the Bible says, And besides this, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence, put forth effort to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. But notice if you go, you go back up to the start of that, he said, add to your faith virtue. 
So if I want to grow as a Christian, what I need to do from the things that we've looked at this week is get real specific. If it's my mind that needs to be trained, I need to be real specific on what it is that I'm seeing wrong in this area. Maybe it's how I think about finances that I need to have the Lord adjust my thinking on. Maybe it's how I see other people, whether I think they're worth more than me or I think I'm better than them. Maybe it's a pride issue. I need to have a very specific area that I'm going to go to work on. In fact, I would say this to you. The more specific the area is that you want to go to work on, the better chance you're going to have at successfully changing that situation. If it stays as a general broad idea of general change as a Christian, you're probably, A, never going to make that change, B, never going to be able to tell whether you made that change. If I want more knowledge on the Bible, okay, let's get specific. I want to know the book of, I want to understand, and I want to have it memorized, and I want to be able to quote the book of James in six months. Guess what I can do at the end of six months? I can sit down and go, do I know what James is about? Can I tell you the general themes of James? Can I quote the book of James? Can I give you, tell you where different things are found in James? And the answer to that comes down to this, yes or no. There's no kind of, no, either you can or you can't. And so because you were specific, because you got down to the details, you're going to be able to look at yourself and see whether or not there's growth there that's taking place or not. And whether that's true with uh, our physical changing our spiritual patterns, our physical patterns, changing how we use our tongue or changing how we think, the more specific we're going to be in that area of improve, the better chance we're going to have at success. Secondly, or a second reason that people often fail in following through on commitments like this is not only were they too general in the area they want to change, but they had no clear plan. I think we mentioned last Sunday the top two New Year's resolutions of all time are continuing to be year after year are to lose weight and to quit smoking. And everybody wants to do that. Everyone wants to lose weight and quit smoking. Not everybody, those that do that, that make that commitment, I guess we'd say, want to lose weight and quit smoking, but they never have a clear plan of how. Well, my diet starts tomorrow. That's the famous bumper sticker. Diet starts tomorrow. I'll, I'll go on the diet tomorrow. And that's as clear of a plan as we get. And people fail because that's as far as they plan ahead. They don't sit down and go, what do I need to specifically do? Instead of having a not clear plan or a too general plan, just like I need a specific area that I want to address, I need to have specific steps that I'm going to follow to address that area. If it's a lack of knowledge on a specific area of the Bible, and I sit down and go, okay, this is the area I want. I want to know more about the book of James. Then I need to have specific steps I'm going to follow. Every morning, I'm going to read the entire book of James before I do anything else. I'm going to do that every morning. Every day, I'm going to memorize X number of verses. Every other day, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to study this number of verses. And I've got a very specific step-by-step -step plan that I can follow, and I can be able to see whether or not those changes are taking place over time. If I just step back and go, man, I'd really like to know more about the Bible. That's too general. Okay, I'd like to know more about the book of James. Okay, what are you going to do to do that? Well, um, pray. 
I'm not against prayer, but that's not a specific step that's truly going to help you understand the book of James. Notice, if you will, in Luke chapter 18, we've read this passage earlier in this week talking about making that decision to follow Christ here. He talks here about counting the cost. For which of you intend to build a tower, sitteth down not first, and count the cost where they are sufficient to finish. You and I need to be able to sit down and count the cost. If I'm going to change, if I'm going to become what God called me to become, I need to know what steps I can take and need to take and should be taking to become what God called me to do. If I don't do that, I'm, it's no different than sitting back wishing to be the best player in the NBA. I'm never getting there. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I'm never going to beat. I'm not even going to make the. I'm not even going to make the D League, or if they've got a Z League, I'm not making that. But sitting around and wishing won't change anything. If I desire that, and that's truly what I want, I've got to put in the work, and it's got to be very specific work to do that. Same for you and I to grow as a Christian. I need a specific area that I'm trying to improve in, and I need to have specific steps that I want to take to get there. Thirdly. I need to make sure that my motivation is right. I can't emphasize this enough. We've talked about it on and off throughout the week. I started the week with it, and I want to end the week with this. And that is the idea of glorifying God has to be in our hearts. To look good, because that's what everybody expects of me, we could say it a million different ways. But at the end of the day, if my goal isn't to glorify God, I'm wasting my time. I'm playing a game. And I'll never win that game. It has to be about yielding myself completely and totally to God. That my heart, my mind, my life glorifies God in every detail. Even as, as I'm striving to grow and become what he wants me to become, it has to be because, God, I want your name to be glorified through me. Notice something as simple as we look here in Matthew chapter 6. Um, I've got Luke 14, 28. I did not change that. This is Matthew chapter 6. The Bible says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have your reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But thou, when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be done in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. You know, in this same passage here in Matthew chapter 6, he talks about not only doing your good deeds, but, but your prayer life. He said, don't pray so that people see you, but go in the closet and your Father that sees you pray in secret will reward you openly. He talks about fasting the same way. He says, when you fast, don't, don't look like you're fasting, but wash your face and, so that it doesn't seem to be fasting, so that it's not a show. And, and that's really what he's talking about here. He's not saying, listen, if somebody catches you fasting, it's over. He's not saying if somebody walks in on you in the middle of your prayer, uh, well, that was a wasted prayer. Nor is he saying if somebody sees you do a good deed, it's a waste. The idea is, is what's your motive behind doing these things? If your motive of, for doing good deeds to coming to a youth meeting, if your motive is, well, my parents will really be impressed and look at my peers and they'll think I'm really something special. You're wasting your time. You got your reward. Congratulations. And, and it, that's going to be forgotten in about 10 days. Just to be honest. doesn't matter what good deed we're talking about, but if our motive is to glorify God, God sees this. God rewards this. 
not for my sake, but for his sake. I have a specific area in my life I want to change. And I've got specific plans I want to follow to change it. Those come from God's word. And I'm doing this not so other people will think highly of me, but so that my life can be more used by the master, that I might glorify him. Lastly, this afternoon, I think we get ourselves in a lot of trouble when we try to change by ourselves. We think we're tough enough and we're strong enough and I don't need the help of anybody. We talked just the other night about how to fulfill what God called us to fulfill in the church, we need the church. The church needs you and you need the church. God designed it that way that you would be glorifying to him, that the body would be glorifying to him. And the truth is we looked at a lot of those one another passages and as I'm going to grow as a Christian... Not only do I need the church collectively to find my role that I can receive from the body, there's a lot of times I need one-on-one work with another Christian, someone that's going to hold me accountable, someone that's going to be able to look at me and say, how's it going in that area? You know, you told me this year you were going to memorize the book of James. How much do you have memorized, Yancey? That's a little difficult. When I've made a commitment or Yancey's made a commitment to me to memorize that, and I can walk up to him and go, have you done it? Having that level of help, assistance, whether it's something like that or someone that I just talked to about the struggles I'm having, the progress I am or am not making, helps motivate me and keep me committed to that. Notice, if you will, here Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning in verse 9. The Bible says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for if not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, a two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. There's some strength in numbers. I don't know if it's because we're from the South, especially those of us that are Texans, that have this cowboy Christianity mentality that, hey, all I need is my boots, and I'll pull myself up by my own bootstraps, and I'll make it, and I don't need you. That's not what the Bible teaches. God told us we're in a body, that we're connected, we need each other. And if I'm serious about yielding my life to be in such a way that glorifies God, I need to recognize the strength that I can get from my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I need to turn to them for help. I need to be specific about what I want to change in my life. I need to come up with a very specific plan and make sure that my motive isn't about me, but it's about glorifying God, and then get the help that I need to make those changes. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Hope this week has been a challenge to you to exercise yourself to godliness. I think all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, can look at our lives and say, you know, I'm not holy as God called me to be holy. I'm not to the level of godliness he's called me to be. I still have work to do. And I hope you're motivated this week and you're hungry this week to begin that journey to exercising yourself to Godliness, becoming more of what God has called you to be. For some, it's just a continuation in that battle, and I hope I've provided some encouragement for you this week as we've talked about these things. Most of all, I pray that each of us will engage in the battle for our souls to live in a way that glorifies not ourselves, but glorifies God, and that collectively we together can glorify God in this community so that His name rings out and other souls can hear the story of hope and salvation. God bless you as you labor in this community. If I could ever be of service to you in any way, I would love to do that and help you individually or collectively as a congregation. 
Before we close this assembly, we've offered, we've uh, selected to offer another invitation song. This song, as we've said all week, isn't my invitation, isn't the invitation of the congregation. But we believe it to be the invitation of Jesus Christ today. That if you have a spiritual need, Christ stands ready to assist you. Whatever that need is, we'd be honored, we'd be humbled to be your servant today and help you take that need to the one who can change your life. If you'd like to take advantage of that, we ask you to have a sit in this front row while we stand now to sing this song that's been selected. <laughs>